Welcome to Easy Money. I'm Jill, the money coach. I know what it's like to push through, to white knuckle it, to put in the time and get no results. I know what it's like to wonder what's the right way and to constantly worry about doing it all wrong. I've learned a whole lot from doing things the hard way. That's why I help coaches go from doing everything the hard way to making money easy. You want to create your dream life and dream business that's all about being free to do what you want, spend what you want, and build the future you want and do it all with ease? In this podcast, I bring you simple strategies for success for your business that make money easy. So it's time for easy money. Are you ready? Well then, let's go! Hello and welcome back to Easy Money. I'm Jill Wright and I am so excited you're here today. This is going to be such a fun conversation. If you think about your success, what has been the biggest challenge for you? Um, What types of things hold you back? I am really excited for this conversation on today's podcast because I love talking to people who disrupt the thinking that is keeping us from moving forward. The things that challenge us most, I love disrupting those. And I think that when you listen to my guest today, you're going to find some ways that she's disrupting your thinking. And I will just warn you that you might have a little bit of resistance around some of the things that she shares. Just depending on your conditioning, just depending on where you are in your mindset right now, but because she is such a disruptor, I thought it was going to be a lot of fun to have her on to kind of talk about the things that women are afraid to say. Um, Because I think when we're afraid to talk about these things, we're not going to make the shifts that we honestly need to make in order to operate in the world that we live in today. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't make changes, that we shouldn't be the catalyst for some of those changes, but you can't be the catalyst for some of those changes until you're willing to really take an honest look at what you can do and um, what you what you should be doing as far as what's in alignment, what's in integrity with yourself. Um, I think all of those conversations are so important and that's why I was so excited to have my next guest on. So if you want to make your success effortless, I think you're going to want to listen in on this fun conversation with Nancy Fredericks. Nancy Fredericks is a master coach, consultant, trainer, and speaker. She's been a strategic thought leader in business for over 30 years. She's the CEO of two companies. One of those is Thrive with Nancy, which offers exclusive resources for executive women to achieve their dreams with integrity. I think that's so important. You know, we don't need, we do need to give up our limited thinking, but we don't need to give up our values and our integrity. So in her strategic executive coaching, she brings rare insight and radically candid conversation wrapped up in love, respect, and results. Working with executive women, Nancy is an innovative collaborator. Her practical, relevant, and effective insights cause career bearers barriers to come tumbling down, empowering women to achieve immediate results as they gain control over their work, time, and purpose, uh, personal life. It is her purpose and her passion. You can find Nancy via her Thrive with Nancy podcast on Buzzsprout or on her website, thrivewithnancy.com. So without further ado, let's dive right in and get to talking about making success effortless. Enjoy this conversation, this uh, wonderful conversation with Nancy Fredericks. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for joining me on Easy Money Podcast. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm so excited to hear what you're going to help us make easier. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have a, I have a way of making things um, effortless for executive women in companies. And it's a gift that I've had since I was a kid um, because I see the world differently than so many people do. Oh, so when cool. someone's talking about problems, I literally see it as, ooh, how could this be an upswing for someone? So a lot of the coaching is mental shifting so that you see the world such that you have more power as a woman. And I love women. I don't want women to be men in corporate America. I want them to be fully femininely alive, satisfied and fulfilled in their careers and all of that kind of good stuff. The only way to get there is to really understand the rules of engagement in corporations. And I believe based upon early work that I've done and continue to believe this, that there is a distinct difference. And I say this cautiously because some people disagree with this, a distinct difference in how women perceive business and the rules of engagement and how men perceive the rules of engagement. And in my look at the world, and I've helped thousands of women uh, get more powerful careers, I believe that once they understand the rules of engagement and take it on with who they are, so it looks different with everyone, they become more powerful in their organizations. Mm, yeah. So, so how did you get where you are? How did you, um, what was, what did your journey look like? A lot of open doors, walking through them, loving every time I walk through a door and then something new opened up and I walked through that and risked and was scared and I loved that, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And then one time I was working as a director at a large, large CPA firm and I had come in as a consultant to do work for them and it was a two or three year assignment and I liked what I was doing. And the general man, the, the, the big regional manager said, hey, we want to offer you a position. And I'm inside. Nancy is like, whoa, whoa, this is it. This is it. And then I went home. And I accidentally, do you ever believe that there's accidents in this world? <laughs> well. Ran across a list of musts for me and the next level for me. And two of them were one that all levels of the organization respect me. And two was, this is crazy, a four hour work week because I loved what I was doing and I was really tired driving in the same place, going to the same location, the work, had variety to it, but the sameness of every day was getting to me the maverick kind of thing. Mm. So back then, the only language I had is, well, maybe if I only do it four days instead of five, this will be great for me. So I looked at that with the job offer that they gave me for what I believed was my dream job. And I went, ooh, I can't in all honesty say that this organization is going to respect me at all levels. I had huge respect from my peers and people that reported to me and people that were slightly above mid-level, but senior level was all, always calling me in for, you know, Nancy, you dress too well. And I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? Well, you know, you look, you the admin staff, because that's all they had at the time, admin staff dressed like this. And I go, yeah, but I'm not an admin, I'm a professional. Uh, they once I got no one believes this, but this is a true story <laughs> back back in the day when you could smoke cigars in 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 offices and they had those big creaky chairs that um, was leather and wood and the six foot Texan was the regional manager partner of this organization and he called me in and I was so excited because I thought that they were going to recognize me for superlative mm. work and et cetera, et cetera. And he's, he said, 
young lady, because back in those days, you could say that to anybody, young lady, I understand that you read a lot. And I'm thinking, huh, I wonder where that has anything to do with what I'm up to. But in my head, I'm going, oh, I bet he, you know, sees that I'm really knowledgeable. And I'm brightly going, yes, I do. I would suggest that you don't read quite so much. <laughs> Seriously. And oh the brain God. is stirred. The brain is stirred again. <laughs> and I'm wondering, what in the world is that all about? So I said to him very calmly with no emotion huh could you tell me why you recommend that because i respect you a great deal <sighs> it's because you look too intelligent seriously you look too intelligent yeah so for what <laughs> yeah, that was back in the days when women didn't have management positions kind of stuff and so as I went home, I'm remembering the dress too well or the, you know, the, the short partner who called me for a business lunch. And I had a meeting with 17 people during the lunch hour. And I said to him very deferentially, gosh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I have a meeting that I'm headed. I'm the, the one leading the meeting. And he goes, I'm the partner. If I want to have lunch with you, you have to cancel everything. You know, it's that kind of thing that I was running into. And so I'm looking at this list and I'm going, well, definitely upper management doesn't respect me. And I've done a lot to try to get that respect and my heart fell. And then I looked at the four day work week and I had tried to get four day work as a consultant, not as a permanent, but as a consultant and couldn't get four days. So I knew that those two things were impossible at the time I was there. And so I thought about it for a while. And then I went to the gentleman in charge and I said, I'm turning down your offer. And he looks at me and he goes, I thought you were single. And I said, yeah, I am. Oh, so you got a man that's paying all your bills. No. Well, how can you turn down this offer? And I go, because I think it's a barrier to the possibility of me being all that I can be. And I have to tell you, um, scary times, because he terminated me instantly. He was a gentleman, so he gave me, I don't know, a week or two weeks severance. Um, so he was, he, he was not the bad guy in the picture. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just we were in two different points of what business and women in business look like. So I then started looking around for consulting jobs to pay the bills and things like that. Slowly but surely I came into what I'm doing now. And when I came into coaching, which wasn't called coaching back in my days, I created a title for it called results coach. Uh, Cause we had coaches out in the, in the sports fields, but not in the yeah. business world. Yeah. And I wanted to create results. So I called myself a results coach and um, I went, wow, everything, everything I've ever done is for this mm. and for this time. And so I've been doing it for over 30, 30 years now. Wow. I mean, so you were a coach before coaching was a thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I guess that was more like a consultant because I've talked to other people um, who have had done similar things. But again, they called it consulting. They didn't call it coaching um, back when they did it. So. I did training and development. Okay. And consulting where the coaching evolved out of was I was in a meeting where there was a team interviewing me for communication, a, a really large communication training program for one of the largest uh, advertising agencies in LA, but globally also, because um, they were part of Omnicom communication. And so I was in there talking to the team about training their people on communication. And again, intuition, insight, character, 
what you believe you need to be came to the forefront because they were talking about what they believe they needed to do and what their person needed to do to come in and be a consultant. And I said to them, have you done any kind of survey or conversation with your people to find out what they need? And they hadn't, they knew what they needed. You know, they were the senior leaders kind of thing. And I said to them, I'm sorry that I withdraw from the um, invitation because I would never do a communication training that I didn't find out what the people were really looking for. Just as you do focus groups to find out what you need to do in advertising, mm -hmm. we need to do focus groups in your organization to find out what they're looking for and what they need. And I walked away believing that I did not get the assignment. Uh, and being fine with that because it was out of integrity with what I believed needed to be done in the organization. I walked out the door and in that meeting, in that team meeting was the head of HR. And he stopped me and he said, this has nothing to do with what you just did in there. I have no idea whether you'll get, you know, you walked away, so you're not going to get it or whatever. I don't remember what he said. He said, but he was very clear. It has nothing to do with what you came in here to talk about. But I have a situation where I have a senior leader who is an expert in a very defined, narrow expertise um, field, who five of her people came and complained about harassment, not sexual harassment, but a harassing environment. And this was way back before that was even a huge element in the organization. And he said, I'd like to hire you to take care of this situation. Could you do something like that? And I'm always a yes. If the door opens, I'm a yes, because I believe that if I'm not supposed to get the job, I won't. So I started and and back then I was meeting with the manager first and it was embarrassing. I, I thought it might be embarrassing to her in the culture if they knew that she was being worked on. Mm. So I had all my meetings outside over lunch oh. with her. So I picked her up in my car and literally, I can't say it on the air, but she, she introduced herself as boom, boom, and then said, I'm a hard boom, boom, and proud of it. And I went, whoa. <laughs> and so I had, I had lunch with her and I found out that she had just the softest heart in the world and she could only be the hard person that way. She could, there was no medium dial. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, she was on full blast or off. Or not, or, or <laughs> no confrontation at all. Okay. There's no in between. Okay. Yeah. No, no in between no at all. No happy medium. <laughs> not, not a bit. And so I also then as part of my contract. The volume control was broken. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, but it was because she was so soft. She mm. could only do it when she got angry or when she built up that persona. When I talked to her people, she was doing really not, not wise management mm. um, controls. When I talked to her, she was talking about her employees who were less than stellar employees, not all of them, but several of them. And I really believe they were less than stellar employees. But I looked at her and I said, you're screwed. Because I always believe in being really honest with people. Yeah. I said, they got the complaint in first. So you're being measured as harassing. So we need to change that culture before we can make sure that you get you can get rid of the people that you need to get rid of because yeah you're right those people need to go and so we worked together and it um her people fell in love with her the she fell in love with me she recommended me to everyone um and i and it was just such a magical moment to be able mm -hmm. to bring that kind of completeness to brokenness do you know what I'm yeah saying? yeah and um so uh, you give her a path, path really yeah it, yeah 
And so with my other clients, when I'd be out to lunch with them or we'd be sitting back, you know, chit-chatting, I'd go, oh, I did the most fun thing ever. And because it was fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I tell them not in detail because it's confidential, but, you know, little snippets. And slowly but surely, I'd be getting calls from people going, you know, that fun thing you used, you talked about at lunch. And I go, yeah. And they go, well, could you come and talk to me? Because I think I have a situation I want you to work on. And so <laughs> I started out with real, real difficult situations okay. and working on turning those around. So, yeah, what were the keys to some of those? I mean, what were the, I guess, if you had to pick a common thread through through those difficult situations that you were able to help people correct and and sort of bring that wholeness back to their path, um, what would one or two of those common threads be? Well, the big one, not necessarily in the case that I just shared with you, right. that was really lack of self-awareness. And once um, she gave me her hard, you know what, statement again, I go, stop lying to me. You're just soft as mush. And I, I think soft as a, I don't remember, much, a, a marshmallow or something. You know, like I use some phrase <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she said I go, no. The reality is, is that you can't talk to anyone unless it's huge and you're angry. This could all be taken care of early. So in that case, I believe it was a lack of self-awareness about themselves. And mm. honestly, our marketplace hasn't changed any. The, some research that I looked at very, very recently from, um, I'm so bad at names, Zurich, I think, anyway, I shouldn't even try, um, shows that five, 15, 10 to 15% of executives that were um, looked at are lacking self-awareness. So one of the big issues that we have is not really seeing the impact who we are is having on those around us or having on how people perceive us for leadership. Okay. The other thing comes out of something you and I were talking about a little while ago which is how I got into this marketplace of working so much with executive women is because when I first started, almost always, not always, because the first person I coached was a woman, very rare, most of the executives were men. Mm -hmm. So I coached almost exclusively men for a number of years. I really started understanding how they saw the business world, how they responded successfully to the business world, how they emotionally um, translated situations that were happening. And then slowly but surely in the companies that I was working with, women came into play in executive positions and I started getting called in to coach women. And in the beginning, coaching was all about people that they wanted to keep in the organization because they had good skills, but they were missing that soft skill human side of the equation. Mm -hmm. So when I started talking to women and they were talking about and complaining about, like we all do, issues where they're not being seen and that guy cheated because he got promoted. And when you say to them, hey, what? What did he do to cheat? And it was someone knew him and he got recommended to that position. And you go, no, 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 that's that's the name of the game. That's that's how the game is played. I realized that we, myself included, had misidentified success measurements in corporations such that it harmed our career. Mm. And there's just, you know, there was, they're not, they're not, they're not tons, but there's a few of them. One of the big ones is this relationship issue. Women are by far rich relationship builders, deep relationship builders. Their definition of relationship has emotional connectivity to it, trusting and honoring and liking and 
um, you know, good emotions. Mm -hmm. And when that's absent, it's difficult for us, myself included, to go into relationship because it feels like it's a false relationship. Mm. And I work with women to help them understand that you have to redefine the relationships you have at work. If you have someone that you love and trust and think the world of and supports you and every time you have an idea, they give your name to the idea and they, they're moving you up the corporate ladder and helping you and all of that, that's juice, that's plus, that's, that's a gift. Most relationships and many relationships that we have at work are with people that we would never in a zillion million years bring home to dinner. Mm. And yet we still have to have relationship with them because relationship and being seen as a team player is one of the most important traits to have as you're moving up the corporate ladder. So if we're hanging back, even if we don't say a word, but emotionally we've withdrawn, it's felt, then mm -hmm. we've disconnected from the juice that could get us up to the top. If we have a less than perfect boss, what's the first thing we do? Oh, I have a view of what a less a boss should be. This person isn't it, whether it's a woman or a man, this person isn't it. I'm going to transfer, I'm gonna change jobs. I did research for years in my leadership for women only programs. And I asked the question, how many bosses have you had to date? Sheer numbers. Of those bosses, how many of them were terrific bosses, good bosses, supportive bosses that you really liked? And not individually, as a, as a groups as a whole. So I did group after group after group after group after group after group, right? For years. It came out that somewhere between, and this was stunning to me, 65 to 75% of bosses as measured by women executives were less than stellar bosses. Mm. So if we as women believe that finding that one great boss is the answer to our success, we're in trouble. Yeah. Because almost invariably, that boss is gonna get promoted or that boss leaves to, for a better assignment or something happens, that boss retires. And you, don't ha you haven't built up the muscle to work with less than terrific bosses. And that muscle is part of your success package. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they were basically thinking um, the boss is the key to their success. Yes. And if 65 to 70% of those bosses didn't make the cut to to make them successful, then right. they wouldn't be successful. So, yeah. So it's almost like... Their attention was focused, and there's research on this. Their yeah. um, the the locus of control mm -hmm. was focused externally, yeah, rather than internally, yeah. And you're far more powerful when your locus of control is internal, yeah, rather than external, yeah. So yeah. I would then work with people on how to work with the really tough bosses which translated into working with the really tough peers, which translated into working with the really tough subordinates uh, that, that created, you know, huge energy for them yeah, because yeah. they were overcoming difficult situations. Yeah. So not only does that make you stronger um, just by having to um, develop the skill set of working with anybody really, but it also puts the power back where it belongs, which is with yourself, because you work around any circumstance that comes up. Barrier. I call them barriers. Yeah. 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 So like you run into a barrier and you go, oh, I recognize it's a barrier. 
Yeah. Now what's my game plan? Yeah. Do I go through it? Do I go around it? Do I go under it? Do I go over it? (laughs) And then you try something and it doesn't work and you go, okay, that didn't work. What's, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Find a way around the barrier. So it's this, it's this uh, really strong resiliency, I guess, in, yeah, that you develop. Um, And I like that you talk about the locus of control being external and versus internal and, and how that impacts your success. Because I mean, we, we can see the same thing with coaches that are, that are trying to build businesses, right? They put so much of that locus of control externally to themselves um, that they're, they don't take the actions that give them power. They take the actions that, um, I guess, make them less potent (laughs) or more impotent. Um, Yep. Yeah. And that aha came out of the original conversation that you and I've had where I was coaching men and research, you know, I don't know, I use research um, not a hundred percent believing, but using it as guideposts. Yeah. So I'm someone who is not wedded to research. I use it to explore. And I have to tell you, because I've been doing this so many years, this is going to sound egotistical and we women hate to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yay. Yay. Be an example of what's possible. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I can't tell you, even today, research studies are going up out and I go, oh, well, that's why I've been telling my clients to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, somebody actually documented what, I, what I've already been yeah. doing. Yeah, and, and I love I would, it when that happens. Some of the research that's out there, I would never in a zillion years ever do. I mean, you know, I was yeah. years ago reading research where someone looked at change initiatives in companies, and um, they measured every communication that the that the the company did to see how much was on change, and it was something like zero zero point zero zero two. Oh and they gosh. wondered why the change initiatives were failing. We're failing, yeah. <laughs> and I was going, wow, that's fabulous information. But how could anyone even spend the time doing that? Because it's yeah. so outside of my zone and my um, Your area. zone of genius, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because There's you're a problem about... solver. You're not a, a documenter, probably. Yeah, no, I'm just looking yeah. for resolution and problem yeah, solving. Yeah. And I, lo- I love partnering with people who have difficult problems and, um, yeah. you know, chat because it, because I, I'm not a coach like a lot of coaches out there today, which do so much of this appreciative inquiry, um, honor it, not dishonoring it, but that I, someone did that on me and it drove me crazy because it was just tell me, tell you clearly have the answer. Just tell me what it is and let's work it out together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so I have a tendency to attract people that want to do faster kind of movement yeah. and process. So I, you know, like even on my website, it's like, I am not formulaic. Don't look for, if that's what you're looking for, don't. If you're looking for someone who knows how to move through problems, come to me because that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I love you it. Know, that kind of thing. But, <laughs> but anyway, formulaic. this awareness of this uh, less than it just didn't, you know, come to me um, in a mental flash, although it came to me through experience and then the flash happened because less than perfect bosses, it was so fascinating. Men have less than perfect bosses. Yeah. And they come and they say to you, Nance, I have, they, you know, terrible boss or, you know, he, he, he's in my way or he's not doing right by me or whatever, but they're not taking it like he's, the enemy it's just a yeah problem. it is kind of it is what it is it just is what it is and they yeah. and then they say to me this is what i've done to work around it so that the, i'm successful my boss is successful and the division is successful not to diminish women because i right. love love my femininity i love being a woman um however 
when I was coaching women, more often than not, women would discuss their less than perfect bosses and their solutions, as I mentioned earlier, would be to, to leave or transfer or the worst, the worst is thinking that we can fix them so that they try to fix the boss or out of the like a really good heart please not in a mean spirit yeah, yeah really good heart go to hr to to let hr know that they've got a problem with one of their managers mm. and i i look at these women and i go hmm if this boss knows that you went to hr who do you think he or she is going to promote the one that supported in them looking great or that one that reported them for being less than it's just human nature yeah. not to support those that are against you. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's why I started coaching women on this issue because we really need to stop taking things that happen personally. Not yeah. to say that if there's something illegal happening that we shouldn't take it by, you know, and go talk, get it taken care of. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about little bumps. The dynamics, the personalities, the yeah, politics. That we take offense the, over. Yeah. And that offense only harms us long term. Right. It's almost like the idea that forgiveness is not for the person you're forgiving. Forgiveness is for you. Absolutely. Right. And so yeah. this is the same kind of thing you know, learning how to work with your boss is not so much for your boss's sake, but for your sake. It's in your best interest to figure that out. Well, when I was as long little... as there's no extenuating circumstances where it's, it should, it's an in thing that should be reported. Like, exactly. It's improper. Exactly. So I think if there's an energetic thing here that we need to be looking at, I can remember being a precocious young kid. And I always like to put my finger here because I didn't have dimples, but it was a dimple experience. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, no, you'll have to explain. <laughs> as a child, you know, those, those adorable ch children that said the cutest things. You know, like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. They got um, away with so everything. I, I went running, running home to mother and I go, oh, mother, my world is perfect. And I mean, I meant this sincerely, you know, like from the very heart of my being mother my world is so perfect and she goes oh honey why what's going on and she, I, I said to her oh everyone everyone that i like likes me and everyone that i don't like doesn't like me and i have no <laughs> concept that that's a secret to relationships that the reality is is that if we run into someone we don't like there may be an experience there that we need to grow and learn through the, the answer is not to just dig into the dislike or back off from the feeling that we have. It's to lean in and discover because every one of us has gold inside of us. And we should be exploring for that gold inside of everyone. Because the more we connect to people's gold, the better they're going to like us, which is self-serving, but the better your career is going to be, the better that person's career is going to be, the better the division is going to be. The better your experience is going to be. Exactly. 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 Yeah. 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 So I guess what would you say to the people who are probably suspicious um, or to the people that might say, well, isn't that like people pleasing or you know, like something like that what I would like you that question because yeah. people because i know there's going to be people out there that that go okay where do you draw the line <laughs> yeah, but you draw the line when it's in integrity with you you know out of okay. integrity with you it draws the line when your knowledge not when it hurts spirit. your feelings <laughs> yeah, it's not a feeling thing it's where your head is saying hey i think there's a better way i believe in and work with people on how to talk about ideas such that people hear. Because going and saying, hey, I have a better idea is not going to get an opening for you. Yeah. It's, so, so there's ways that we need to learn to talk 
in order to be moved up the corporate ladder that I believe are just an integrity with someone who wants to be a really good person and make the environment around them good. I mean, yeah. So, so one of the things that I talk to women about and chat, please challenge me if you see it differently than I, I so often am in groups of women outside in my personal life where they're coming with whines about what's happening in their world, whether it's at work or in their home or wherever it is. And I have a lot of stuff I could whine about seriously. Mm-hmm. And I have th- two great girlfriends that I just adore. I have more than that, but we have something called wine night, W H I N E, where we drink wine together. I love and, it. And we share what's really, you know, kind of bumming us out right now. Cause there are things that bum all of us out. But the whole rule of it is that we have to spiral a conversation up into something helpful. We have to move it from wine into something better. And when I'm involved in women who are talking, gossiping in business, outside of business, so often what I'm hearing is what I hear in my soul as spiraling down conversations. And one of the things that disturbs me about women, myself included, that I had to work on, is that it's so easy to get in the spiral down into agreement that that's a horrible boss, that company did wrong by you, um, that, you know, it's a whatever. toxic environment. Yeah, it's, it's toxic, a popular, it's whatever. Yeah. It's like, because we can always find stuff that isn't good. And I'm mm-hmm. not a Pollyanna, seriously. Yeah, I believe that if you take a hit, you got to take the hit, feel it, work through it, but then you have to move up where you're down where the hit is all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I talk to people about women, particularly spiral down conversations and being someone who is committed to being a spiral up conversation person. So if someone's saying something terrible about your boss, and you're in the room, there's something great your boss is doing. So go, you know, I, you, I haven't experienced that, or that isn't how I see my boss. I see she or he doing X, Y, Z, and I really love that. There's always, always a spiral up that can be brought into the conversation. And the yeah. reason I'm so concerned about that is that if you're silent, when bad things are being said, particularly at work, but it also happens outside work, if you're silent, when someone is speaking poorly of someone else, to many, that means agreement. Mm-hmm. And then they have the right to go off and say, hey, Jill, when I was in a conversation with Nancy, she said she didn't think you were doing X, Y, Z very well even if I didn't agree with it. Right. So I always want people to know that I'm not in agreement with the spiral down. So I change it to spiral up. And the reason I think this is particularly important in business is because, man, it's just such a close, close culture. No matter how big the organization is, because I deal with some of the largest in the country, the reality is, is that word gets around and people lose jobs or lose promotions because they heard something that wasn't really accurate. Yeah. So it's kind of like guilty by association. (laughs) You know, people have argued with me on this, so you don't have to take it on as gospel. I believe in working by that principle because I've seen it too often. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess if you look at it from the standpoint of what do you want to contribute to the conversation? Yes. Silence is not necessarily in, in the examples that you're talking about, not necessarily a contribution because I mean, I agree with you that in a conversation, um, I think we want to be the people that increase 
the energy level yes. in the room. Don't decrease the any energy level in the room. That's that's identify what's possible versus um you know suffering over what's wrong right um because i mean what you focus on grows for one absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and you know that energy level is what you're going to leave with so do you want to bring the energy level up or do you want to contribute to it continuing down in that direction? Yes. yes. Because that's what you're going to take away from that encounter. Right. So if you think about, you know, what do I want to take away and what do I want to leave people with? I mean, I, right. I like to think about it from the perspective of, you know, what circumstance do I want to be in other people's model <laughs> you know right. if right. we talk about you know the life coach school um thought model you know what is the circumstance I want to be I don't control what they think of me but Absolutely. I do control um what kind of circumstance I show up as and how I choose to think of myself yeah you know the studies year after year and, and it continues i mean it's still the same the last study i saw shows women lacking confidence yeah and um i can't i can't so I wonder if that's where that comes from when when people are afraid to speak up is, i mean it sounds like that might come from a lack of confidence is i think I don't know. I've never done a study on it. I've already attested to the fact that I'm not someone that does research. Yeah. I suspicion. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm in a great company then. I suspicion it comes from we take everything personally in business. Mm. So if someone says this is a cruddy report, which is not the language that I would ever have one of the managers I'm coaching using, I would never have them make something that derogatory. Yeah. But we have a lot of people that haven't been coached by Nancy's or even been coached. Yeah. So they don't know any better. So what I see happening and women tell me this is, oh my gosh, he hated my report. It, you know, it was crappy. Blah, 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 blah. When in fact, if you talk to the boss, it could be that it just missed the mark for the client or that it was missing a key element that yeah. the boss wanted in it. And, and I do, or did do not since the pandemic, but prior to the pandemic, I did leadership for women only programs. And I did leadership for men programs in corporations. And it was fascinating to me. Um, one of the complaints men, men had consistently, was this very issue would they please please stop taking everything so personally <laughs> um, and yet it's hard for us not to do that yeah um, i also suspicion and it's interesting because there was a another recent research that i that i saw on this um we're we're perfectionists more so than men yeah and actually the study was fascinating to me Wish I could remember the name of it. I am so sorry. I talk about studies, but I don't have the name. That's, okay. That's okay. Um, it, it's fascinating because it was done by um, age, you know, Gen Y, Gen Z, baby boomers, all of that on perfectionism and women. Um, even the younger ones had a huge, huge element. The only one that was a little smaller in perfectionism was the baby boomers. And I just have to tell you, you just get mellow the older you get. So you're yeah. judging yourself as much. So I just think that's the aging process. I don't think that baby boomers are any wiser than anyone else. But but the, but such a huge number of women are perfectionists in so okay. many areas. It was yeah. it wasn't shocking. It was confirmation to me. Yeah. Going, yeah. If you're a perfectionist, you're never, ever going to give yourself a gold star. Yeah. You never become successful. Be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have a gold star. Yeah. And I do think that there's an element that um, it's, 
it's the culture of women because we were enculturated differently than men. Yeah. And, and so I was going to ask if you thought it might be an evolutionary thing to me, that's what it looks like is because men have been in the workforce for hundreds of years longer than women. And so they had to adapt over time in order to survive. And well, we were the nurturers. Yeah. Care of the kids. Yeah. That it, kind yeah, of there's stuff. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's an enculturation and I said this out loud ever since I've been doing the work I'm doing and I was challenged by a woman from Brazil who was at a, in a high-level pharmaceutical position. And she said, oh, this is going to be going away because women are now in sports. And I said, I would love to see that. But this was 10 years ago, mm -hmm. 12 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, it yeah. was a long time ago because yeah. I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. And I said, I would love to see that. It just appears to me that women go into sports with a different perception, a different game plan. They're, they're looking to win and everything. It's right. just, I think they have a different approach to it. To team. I literally and... haven't seen the research I saw on perfectionism and confidence had a lot of younger, younger generations in it. And they're still revealing the same things we're doing. Well, I mean, there's, there's a, sort of a, a um, generational thing that that has to work its way through too because if you if you learn that from your mother your, your grandmother etc then it's it I think it takes a little while for that conditioning to be fully removed from you know the generations yes yeah. I don't know. I yeah. keep looking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I'm not hopeful that it will happen naturally, although I'd love to see that, which is why I believe it's really, really important and powerful to have that addressed as part of the coaching intentionally of women. Yeah. Because it's well, for all women, really. I mean, if you look at all of the coaches that are building businesses right now, I mean, these are the same. I feel like these are the same critical skill sets that you need to learn to build a business and be competitive in the marketplace um, to be able to, to stand up for yourself, to have your own back, to step out and be a powerful woman and create powerful results um, in your business. I feel like it's it's all the same things that that you need. And in my coaching with executive women and my experience with peers of mine who are women who have been who own their own businesses and things like that, one of the differentials in my mind is the risk factor. And we're not, most of us don't take as large a risk. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it appears to me, I can remember when people say to me, how did you become who you are now? And I was doing cold marketing letters to large companies. And one of the companies was Hunt Wesson. I got a call to come in and see the senior vice president of corporate HR. And I got out of my car in the driveway and this was in Fullerton. They're not there anymore. They've moved headquarters, but at the time their headquarters were there and I parked in the parking lot. And in California, they have these bridges that go over LA rivers, which are usually empty because they're cement and only get filled when um, it rains really hard. And this bridge happened to have a hump to it, very picturesque. And so I'm going up and, you know, preparing myself for this meeting with senior VP of corporation. And I, my business is just, just 
just getting started. And so I got to the top of this bridge. I'm sorry, but this was so picturesque in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, oh, no, because there was all it was a campus. It was it was building many buildings. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, they don't want me, little old me. I don't have that much going for me. What? Why? And I turned around and got back in my car. And back in those days, you didn't have, I don't think I had a cell phone back then, but it doesn't matter. I, I was opening the car door. You definitely didn't have these back then. I yeah, was opening yeah, the car door. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just opening the car door and I went, whoa, wait a minute. Who are you? And I went, I'm a woman who's commitment based. And then it was like, yeah, you have a commitment to meet with a senior VP. It doesn't matter. She throws you out on your ears. You need to keep the commitment. So I turned around and went back over and found her. And literally that meeting, which is unheard of, and you know this probably from working with um, people, I got a contract to yeah. coach her. <laughs> so talk about a shift in mindset that's that is how quickly it is possible to disrupt that negative bias right i love and that i would not be here today had i not risked and been willing to go in and be thrown out on my ears yeah yeah that would have anything to do with who i am you know kind of thing yeah. Yeah. So, you became that person because you were willing to try mm -hmm. and fail. Yeah. I'm sure I was going to fail. I yeah. thought it would be like a five minute meeting and go, thank you, Nancy. Bye. <laughs> but it was years long relationship. Yeah. So in the space of that time between turning yourself around and saying, no, I'm, I'm a commit. I'm a woman who is commitment based. I am keeping this commitment no matter what. I am a woman of my word. I am going to show up and come what may do the best I can. So what was the gap that had to be closed for you to close that deal? Sorry, that's too deep a question for me. Yeah, it's like, I don't even know. I just showed up and did the best I could. I mean, that maybe that's the answer. That maybe the that's answer. the answer that we're looking for. That is the answer. Just show up and do the best you can. And sometimes it will, will work out and sometimes it won't. And you don't have to take it personally either way. Exactly exactly that's a great message to to close on isn't it yeah it is <laughs> i love it, it. Really is. i love it i love yeah. it but you would not know me today had i gotten in my car and driven away yeah yeah and how many women that you've now helped would not have been helped as a result of that i can't tell you how many women who had ideas about changing their company that they kept silent on. And when I said to them, who have you mentioned this to, they haven't mentioned it to anyone. And I set up a game plan for them to talk to the president of their company. And they got, they, the president heard and they got um, promoted to do yeah. this great position. Uh, other people were, I, like, I can't tell you where I go, no, no, no. It's not a decision you get to make, it's an assignment. You need right. to go and I'm happy to prepare you, but you need to go talk to the president. That's a yeah. brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what we all need to think. That's a right. brilliant idea and you need to pitch it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so many people are afraid to ask or to share or to do anything. Yeah. Uh, particularly particularly women, I, I'm sure there, there are men that don't do it, but it's right. far less than yeah. there are women. Yeah. Um, yeah, because men are much more accustomed to their upbringing to take chances. Yeah, I think that might be an evolution thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, it, yeah. it, it's just interesting. And there's so much more wisdom that uh, women really need to, and, 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 w women need to take on, but do it with an integrity with yourself. One yeah. of the things that all of the, the clients that I coach is we generate ideas and I love it when it, because I believe that I'm a highly innovative person. And so yeah. I'm on the team yeah. with all of my intuition and all of my innovation and all of yeah. my creativity. But one of the things that we do in the very first session is if you don't like something, push back. Yeah. I may bring it back again because I want to test out and you can, you can sense it when you're doing it, whether it's coming from a rigid mindset that's harming right. you mm -hmm. or whether it's coming from integrity and truth in who you are. And yeah. if it's coming from integrity and truth in who you are, it doesn't matter. You need to do it or not do it. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I'm more of an intuitive coach as well. I'm kind of, I don't know. I have this sense that, you know, okay, this sounds like it's coming from sort of a scarcity or a fear based reason versus no, this is what I'm all about. Um, you know, and then I've had the opposite too, where I can tell that it is coming from a place of being in alignment with right. who they truly are. And it just isn't a match for them. Um, so yeah, I love to tr help people bring that out because it brings us so much cl more clarity and it, it brings out the passion that um, that people operate so well under, it feels like. Yeah. Well, and I think it brings out their power because they begin trusting themselves more. Yeah. 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 That is a big part of trust is right. being in, in integrity with yourself and being in touch with that intuition that tells you whether it's fear or integrity. Right. And in corporations, power counts yeah and women have a tendency not to like the word power yeah it feels too masculine <laughs> and yet it's, it, it's what's neat you know what's expected and required in a business setting yeah it's critical really right. critical to own your power right yeah right so this has been a great conversation i yeah. i intuitively I knew it would be <laughs> because <laughs> I've been watching you on Instagram and I've been watching you in a, a mass, you know, the I've watched you in the mastermind group that we're right. in together. And right. um, I just, I just knew you had some words of wisdom to share with my audience that we're going to be pure gold. So <laughs> I really oh, appreciate. I hope they're pure gold. I love yeah. that. I, I appreciate your time, but I want to give you an opportunity to, share anything else you have um, about what's going on in your business right now, what you're doing, um, you know, how people can reach out to you and uh, any final words of wisdom. Well, I have, I own two businesses. Okay. The first, which I've had for so many years, Nancy Fredericks international is nancyfredericks.com. And that's my corporate identity where I do training and development and consulting work. And there's executive coaching on there uh, more uh, for corporations where they hire me for okay. their people. But a year and a half ago, yeah, a year and a half ago, I launched something called Thrive with Nancy, which is exclusively for executive women as a resource. There's tons and tons of free resources on there podcasts, I do um, blogs, I do video blogs, you know, and they're all on that website where you click in and see them for free. I also do your strategic edge program there, which is a unique program designed exclusively for whoever signs up where we just go down your pathway, not the pathway that might work for someone else. Uh, but I also have something that has been 
fun, fun, fun for me and for the women that are doing it. It's Thrive at Work Mastermind Program. Mm. It's a six month commitment for $125 a month, but there's a special going on now. So you get it for free for one month. And it's a group of dynamic women who are willing to, uh, you know, commit to being accountable to one another. We bring in a topic, a new topic every month. They get a podcast or an article on the topic, and then we just chew it apart. You know how often you listen to a podcast or you read an article and you have questions or you have thoughts? Well, this is an opportunity to chew through all of that and bring in um, each individual's uh, point of view. I, of course, am there each week uh, strategically working with women. And so it's fun for me to do. And the women who are part of it find it fun too. Yeah. That's true masterminding. (laughs) Yes. Where everyone is talking and everyone is participating and uh, Nancy asks everyone to say something. No one gets to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And all that's on thrive all right, thrivewithnancy.com. And I'll definitely put that in um, the show notes. Terrific. Um, yeah, so that people can get in touch with you if they are someone who wants to work with you or if they know somebody who is um, an executive woman that wants to um, thrive at work. <laughs> exactly. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And it looks different for everyone. I mean, there's some yeah. people that are in positions where they don't want to move up any higher in, the, in um, their organization because mm-hmm. they're very content with the time commitment and all of that. And yet they still want to be influencers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you so can I work with thrive. a lot of women like that. Okay. How do you become an influencer right where you are? Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. This has been so much fun. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Jill. (laughs) Thank you for coming on Easy Money Podcast. Love what you heard today? There's more where that came from. Just head on over to jillthemoneycoach.com and get your free and simple financial freedom guide. Stop worrying about money. Stop trying to manage your time. Instead, create ease and freedom in your business. It's the first step to making money easier. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. See you then.